Yes, yes, we're back. How you doing? It's Eduardo Jackson, your boy, CEO, founder, creator of the Cinema Draft Game, where daily fantasy sports meets the movies. It is my pleasure, it is my privilege to welcome the return of our foreign correspondent, fresh from an educational trip to Italy, the CEO of Cali Now, it's Kiana Patton. Woo-woo! <laughs> yes, yes. And we'll ask you about your trip in just, just one second. But before we start, the drinking game tonight will be the word foreign because we are taking this show on the road. So, yes, real quick, how was your trip to Italy? Do tell. Italy was beautiful. I cannot wait to go back. Uh, the kids had a wonderful time. We went to, uh, we started out in Venice, then we took a train to Florence and to Rome. We hit all the hot spots. Got on a gondola ride, went through the Colosseum, uh, threw coins in the Trevi Fountain, walked up the walked down the Spanish Steps. <laughs> it was it was it was really nice. So, if you had to pluck one moment, what was your single best moment or or quick anecdote from your trip to Italy? I mean, for some of us, for some of, the, of those of us who wish to be citizens of the world but haven't been anywhere. I think the most amazing part of the trip for me was being at the Coliseum, just mm. seeing the enormity of it and realizing. Are you not entertained? <laughs> right, and that was you know my next thing, realizing the things that that happened there, and you know people died there, and people were cheering there, and there was just there's a lot of of history in that one ginormous site. It was it was amazing. Well, I can't wait to check out your Instagram. What was it more sweet than bitter? On Instagram, I'm going to go check it out because, you know, I have to live vicariously through you because I'm stuck back here, three monitors in a dream, slaving away, trying to make this the best game possible. I have a highlight. Guess who oh. I saw? Oh, Dr. Coco. You saw our girl, yes. uh, Alicia. Yes. Hey. And talked to the kids about all of her international travel and you know all the languages she learned. She's learned and oh um, studying abroad. It was a really good conversation with the kids. Yes, yeah, so and for those like everyone basically who does not know us personally, Coco, <laughs> aka Kalisha Banks, is a good friend. That's actually how we met. We met through her. That is your sans sorrow. Yes. Yes. There you go. Yes. Yeah, so, so yes. Yeah, so that oh, great to hear. I'm looking forward to to prowling your Instagram and um, and yeah and actually I think I did I think I reached out to her through LinkedIn I think I'll send her an email to say what's up it's been years since I've seen her because she she was the she was that girl who in I mean, she always loved to travel always loved different countries and stuff she'd actually be perfect for a pod like this where we're talking about the top foreign films but she's yeah. the type of girl who for uh, spring break her freshman year at UCLA went to Vietnam by herself. <laughs> like, who does that? Kalisha does. Coco does. does. That. Yes, exactly. Sorry. Well, good, 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 good. Well, so let's jump to one of my favorite segments. It's what I'm watching. That's right. What I'm watching. And first show I'm watching is it's on Netflix. It's an only a half hour show. There's only eight of them. I don't know if they had as much like confidence that this would work, but it really does work. It's a show called Atypical. It's executive produced by my former high school. Uh, I'm not quite classmate. I guess I was a senior and he was a junior, but we were in plays together and stuff. Seth Gordon, he's back at it again. Director of Baywatch and uh, what's the other one? Identity Theft and executive producer of the Goldbergs. I mean, you know, and the guy's got like a kid, but he stays busy. He stays 
he stays in them streets. And yeah, he executive produced, I think he directed a couple episodes of atypical, really good dramedy uh, about a about a, a, a guy, a kid, uh, 18-year-old kid who's, as they say, on the spectrum. You know, he's got uh, he's got some some form of uh, high-functioning autism, and it's just, I mean, it's just a really, it's really good fun. It's not, even, it's not like. It, it it doesn't do too much with it as far as like it doesn't it's not like oh this guy's getting bullied all the time or or oh we should feel sorry for him it's not like that at all it's very I feel although I don't really know that many people on the spectrum but it, it feels like a very grounded realistic take on on a, a family that has someone on the spectrum and everyone else in the family's got their own little messes involved and it's just a really really fun show it just came out last weekend uh, any interest in there Kiana yes I watched it and. Wow. All eight. I enjoyed it, although the mother was quite annoying, and I kept trying to think about it from the perspective of um, a, a real-life parent who would be dealing with these things and who would want to be uh, very protective of their their child. And you know, I kept trying to put myself into her shoes, but she still annoyed me. <laughs> still sucked. Yeah, still kind of sucked. She exactly. Still annoyed she makes me. some poor choices. It was. Poor. It was. I almost. It was. It was like she was. She. She was doing so much to try to protect her son, but that she was stifling his growth and smothering him, and it was just going too far with it. And then you know, all of her her other little personal uh, issues with infidelity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, but, but it really was uh, kind of cool. At least the way they set it up is that like what does happen when you devote so much of like, I mean, you, you basically raise a child who has, you know, who is special in some sort of way. You devote like all your love and energy and kind of trying to protect them that when they do kind of grow into their own, because he's an 18 year old kid, he's got a job, he's got friends. Oh my God, Zahid, the dude who played Zahid. guy is so hilarious. I love him as his friend. <laughs> Nick uh, Bonatti or, or, or Badati or something. Uh, he was hysterical. Zahid was crazy. He's basically like, like what if uh, Will Ferrell, like the Will Ferrell type was, was basically like, like a young adult and, and Indian, like, like East Indian. Right. That basically like this, got like this fearless, but compassionate dude. Who's just irrational confidence. Yes. Totally inappropriate. <laughs> Somehow always gets the girl. It's yeah, Zahid was great. Actually, the actor um liked him. I think he might have retweeted a couple of my tweets because I just thought Sahid was just great. He was yes. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So I mean, so so I don't know. I, I think it's a really good realistic take dramedy. Well done, Seth. If you're listening to this, which you probably are not, well done. Uh, also, way to extract you know a really you know really good performance at the Michael Rappaport. Like he's not a bad actor per se, but he seems to be a little too much all the time. He was pitch perfect in this role as kind of yeah. like the the semi clueless dad but who's who is protective in his own ways and but yet also kind of kind of not would say like he's like the cool dad because he's not especially when it comes to the daughter but he's just very relatable and that whole family you know really felt relatable so yeah. kudos well done atypical yeah. as, as he, <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, the other one and yeah let's actually let's give that one an air horn that's yeah that was great not so much of an air horn. Nope. <laughs> is Iron Fist. Oh. Nice if you're listening. Oh, I struggle so watch it. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> so bad. I struggle watch it just to get to the end to prepare for the Defenders Thursday night. <sighs> you know what? I'm 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 a, I'm gonna toss this one over to you. Go ahead, knock it out of the park. Oh, 
God, I, I just really couldn't stand it. I watched it a while ago. It was like the action. I did. It took me a minute, but I finished it. The action scenes were so slow. The, the storyline, I I mean, it, it, it had potential. It just, it just flopped for me. Like I couldn't contain, I I just couldn't maintain my interest in it. I was like, what? And yet you struggle watching and and, and more power to you because I had to push myself over the line of the last two and a half remaining episodes. I did it. It was a struggle. It was, it was kind of important to, at least for me to see kind of like how they're setting up, you know, the defenders, whatever plot wise. I mean, I won't say it's worth it, but it, you know, it definitely helps kind of knowing what they're heading into, but it is bad. It's not good. Yeah. Not good. And I I love comic book based movies. I will watch everything. I so struggled through that. (laughs) It was terrible. Definitely just struggle watch. Damn, they're showing booty. All right. And then finally, turn Washington Spies and also Orphan Black. They both had their series finales on Saturday. Uh, and I mean, it was, I enjoyed those shows for different reasons. Everyone knows, at least by now, if you've been watching this podcast, I'm a sucker for historical fiction. I'm there for it. Turn actually really was, I mean, first of all, had a terrible name, terrible name, but it's based on, you know, real life, you know, events like the, the Culper ring actually existed. And just kind of seeing what they did with that, you know, inside that was really, really cool and, and interesting. And the way they ended it, it was, it was pretty satisfying. It was fairly satisfying. Didn't, everyone didn't get what they wanted. Like, you know, the, the, the freed servants got turned back and had to from Canada had to be sent back into most likely servitude in, in, in the United States, even though like the, her man and her child were able to be free in Canada uh, and everyone didn't get where they want. You know, the guy didn't end up with his real true love kind of had to settle for his wife. I mean, you know, you know, you don't get everything you want, but it was cool. It was cool. I enjoyed it. Orphan black to me after a really good run, I felt, Ended on a kind of, you know, passe note. But th- those are my reviews of the, of the series finales. Do you watch either of those two shows, Kiana? I have not watched Orphan Black, but I have just recently finished the first season of Turn. Oh, and okay. I, I, I don't know. I haven't been able to give that my full attention. Um, the first season is kind of slow. Second season, it gets a little better. I, I feel like it really felt found its stride in the third season, which nobody watched. And the fourth uh, season was lit. <laughs> it okay. was pretty lit. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to give it a chance. I haven't started on the second season yet. But um, wait, I think they killed the guy that – did they kill him? Simcoe? I can't remember his name. But the one that was really just off the chain with his behavior and – Yeah, Simcoe. He they yeah. killed him, right? Did they kill him? I'm trying to remember. I, I can't remember the last episode. Last I remember, the um, uh, he had he was gagged, <laughs> mm. but I don't remember if he died or not. But he needed to. Yeah, he, he needed to go. Horrible man. <laughs> Yeah, and, I, I, and you know, I give kudos to AMC. I mean, they never had a hit on their hands. First of all, it was, it was terribly named. No, the first two seasons, I think they called it Turn, before they figured out, okay, we need to put a colon and explain what the hell Turn means. It's Washington Spies. Because otherwise, people didn't know what the hell that show was about. No, yeah. and It never quite recovered from that. But I appreciate the fact that it was four seasons to, you know, to, to cover the bulk of that whole episode in American history. And I, like I said, I enjoyed it. It's, you know, it's historical fiction. I'm there for it. So, and they did a pretty good job. Kind 
kind of reminds me a little bit of how Black Sails flew under the radar. But I think in, in the final couple seasons, Black Sails got a little more critical acclaim than Turn ever got. Ain't nobody was checking for Turn, and it died a very peaceful, quiet death. I'm not sure if you listened to that one podcast, but I think a couple podcasts ago I tweeted out um, how there's nothing lonelier in the social media age than watching a show that nobody else is watching. <laughs> that's exactly what turn was like nobody's commenting on this <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a few of the, the the turn people i don't know turn coats we, we we were so small we didn't have a real name right and some of the turn coats would ever reach out to me like hey we're watching but everyone who reached out was exactly every single person who was watching so <laughs> gg turn gg orphan black you know you guys had a nice glorious run all right and so yeah so kp there we go. What three things are you watching? Well, I started watching uh, Somewhere Between with Paula Patton. Um, that, is that a show? or? A it's movie? a show. Yeah. So I think the, the fifth episode comes on tonight. But it's about... Um, what, this, what channel is that on? Oh, I don't know. Don't ask me those kinds of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Somewhere. Wow. I just Somewhere stream them between. later. I don't know the channel it's on. <laughs> okay, no, keep Somewhere talking between. about that. This up. So, it's about this woman who continually goes back in time to try to save her daughter from this killer. Time and, travel, I love time travel. Yes, and there's a guy who somehow gets trapped in this uh, warp of time travel with her. And so they're both constantly going back trying to change history to save the daughter and so far they haven't been able to save her yet they keep thinking well if we save this person or if we catch this guy or if we kill the guy that we'll be able to to save the daughter but none of that has worked so far oh so this is so this is an abc show it's oh so it's one of those summer shows i get no wonder i haven't heard about this because when when summer comes i mean i totally almost forget network tv exists so <laughs> oh, i see yeah yeah oh, so, okay love so far I'm, I'm interested to see uh where they're gonna go with this because it if it, it it's kind of like you know some other shows where people you know try to go back and change time and like the butterfly effect kind of thing and mm -hmm. Timeless. Love Timeless. It's coming I back. I love time. It is? Yes. Good. I thought it wasn't. I like you know, it. It, it wasn't until they made like this whole, you know, uh, I don't know what you call it. They, they, they made this whole, um, uh, well, the second they announced that Timeless is getting canceled, like, you know, Twitter just like broke down, melted okay. down. And then like a week later, they're like, all right, all right, our bad. <laughs> just kidding. We're bringing it back. Yeah, it's, and, yeah. and all the stars and the producers were like, yes, Twitter, social media, y'all saved our show. Thank you. <laughs> You know, so the other Somewhere thing between. that I'm, I'm watching, um, okay. which they canceled, was Doubt. I actually like that show. So it's a... Um, oh, I watched uh, that pilot. I was out. Ooh, that you was bad. like it? I Ooh, like it stinky. because it, they tackle a lot of different issues. Yeah, um, that's two episodes. Are they just burning them off now in the summer? Are yeah, they, like, just oh, on okay. Saturdays. They were just releasing them go. on Saturdays. But I like the show. Because um, that's know, your turn. Go ahead. That's your turn. I'm with you. That's your turn. <laughs> this is my turn. So this is the the first time I remember seeing. Uh, no, 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 no. But it, it, you know, there's a love story with you know transgender 
a woman and a straight guy. And of course, there's also a racial um, difference there too. Um, there's this whole plot around trying to save this high-powered attorney's mother who is in jail, trying to get her out. And you find out that you know she's got cancer and she could have been uh, freed a while ago if only her attorney had said something about her having cancer. It's just there are a lot of different things going on in the show, and I liked it. Oh, there are I a lot of different things. When it got canceled. I guess I was out at the end of that pilot when we find out that she's sleeping with her client. I'm like, oh, come on. How many times can we do Yes. This? Oh, my God. And oh, the, so this is like one of first the. First of all, first of all, they telegraphed that. And I'm like, please don't go there. Please don't go there. They went. But they didn't telegraph the, the end of it, though. So mm -hmm. how it all ends was not telegraphed. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, he's he's being accused of murder that happened 26 years ago. And turns out he actually did it. But, but wait, the whole twist was that he had gotten this, I think it was a liver transplant or something like that, which changed his blood. So the reason that, you know, he was raising his hand to, to give a blood sample was because he knew his blood wasn't going to match anymore because it wasn't going to match his teenage blood because he had this, this transplant. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> I liked it. It I was something. It. I think you should have given it a chance. I liked it. Uh, okay. All right. So that, that that's your turn. That's your, the hill you're going to die on. And do you have a third one? Do you have a third one? The third one. Six? Yes. Um, you so get no I, air horn for doubt. You get no air horn. Go ahead. Oh, whatever. So I love black and sexy TV. And okay. right now. Oh, uh, oh, our girl, um, uh, Kalila, Kalila Joy. Yes. You know Kalila? She because she's been she's been a guest a few times on the podcast. Her and her her roommate Alexia. Yeah, she's Ooh. she's on Black and Sexy TV, I believe. Yeah. I saw her. Well, she was going Definitely to the air horn. gym when I that I used to go to in uh, in Glendale. Oh, but okay. So you know her. her? Okay, cool. I don't know her. I know who oh. she is, but I don't okay. know her. But I, when I saw her, I was like, oh, I recognize her. But you know how we are in LA. We don't talk to anybody. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. No, we don't get starstruck at all. Especially right. So used yeah. to seeing people that yeah. you know. Yeah, we don't. We don't fan nobody. Hi, Kalila. I love the show. <laughs> AJ, yes. Got a shout out. I'll tell uh, her roommate Lex. Yes, you got a shout out. On the but um, right. right now, the show that's on is Chef Julian. I want to say this is season three, um, and it just started maybe last weekend weekend okay. before. Um, but I love all their shows because, you know, they set them because it's about people like us. You know, not everybody is dirt poor and not everybody, <laughs> you know, has not everybody has the same issues going on in their lives. And they show just people who are relatable to me, you know, people who have gone to college, people who are living in Lamert Park, you know, people mm. who are just, for me, like like my friends. <laughs> Young black professionals, yeah. Absolutely. Right, right. And so and that, I, reminds, that reminds me of another show, just real quick, honorable mention that I'm watching. I mean, it's creating a lot of buzz out there, especially on Sunday nights and Twitter, is of course Insecure. I mean, if you live in yeah, LA, especially if you're black, you're watching Insecure. I mean, it's just, yes. it's just what it is. And it's you funny because. Yeah, you see all the spots. Um, you see, you, you see. I mean, the whole kiss and grind episode this past weekend stuff. Yeah. What I thought was a valid 
if not funny, and if not somewhat unfair criticism of the show Insecure is uh, from uh, Bomani Jones, sportscaster. He has his own podcast, what have you. And he was like, and he basically doesn't, you know, vibe with Insecure only, be, well, he doesn't live in LA, number one. He's a black dude, smart black dude, somewhat mm-hmm. controversial uh, for among, uh, you know, some people who don't come from his circles. But his whole thing was that, that he's never seen so much hype around a show that's just so ordinary. And he's kind of got a point because what, Issa's going through is like normal stuff, but going back into what you said, it's kind of cool to see, you know, our lives being represented in a very exactly. straightforward way. And, exactly. and, and, you know, not everything has to be, you know, loot train dragon, you know, uh, explosions and stuff. Not everything has to be, you know, like, I mean, like heavy stakes like Game of Thrones. Sometimes you just want to kick back and see your life represented in a certain way. Right. So, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's cool to see somebody who's just a marketing rep. Somebody <laughs> who is. <laughs> you know, somebody who started their own catering business. You know, yeah. those those are my friends. Like, yeah. I want to see that on TV. <laughs> yeah. So, so not ever, not ever let anyone tell you that that media doesn't matter, that images and representation doesn't matter, because it does. Sometimes you want to see, you know, Absolutely stuff in does. situations of people that look like you. That's why people are really nuts over insecure. That's why After Thrones is probably like the, the highest trending show on Sunday nights right now, because the show is lit like that. And those situations are crazy. And Lawrence, you know what? <laughs> Until you're not played, live your best life. I oh, to- not even. <laughs> so this is part of the other criticism is that ain't nobody using protection. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. And, and actually, she responded to that. They actually, someone created like, or Twitter created like a moment, you know, those collection of different uh, tweets into a moment about how uh, people are calling her out for like the not obvious use of protection on the show. But she, I mean, when she and, and, and Lawrence got down, I mean, that definitely was not a protection situation. But allegedly, with the, as uh, this one uh, brother tweeted out, with the, the triangle offense <laughs> this past weekend. <laughs> oh, that's what we're calling it now. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 didn't have the nerve, I didn't have the nerve to retweet it because he had a still from the actual triangle. But I, I did like that sucker because that was very slick. Uh, oh, from the triangle oh, offense, oh. allegedly, if you zoom in on, like, the – on, on like the, the the nightstand, you can see like an open condom wrapper. But she's like, you know, but I get it. Issa Rae, it, it, you know, owned up to say, I get it. We'll do better, you know, next season. Good, yeah. good, good, good. Yes. good. I, 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 it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because because I was thinking that too. I had no idea it was such a thing that people were actually tweeting and and adding her about it. But for a show that takes the details, the nuances of of life, young, black, single, you know, professional, semi-professional life so seriously, it is a pretty big thing to kind of eat, not, yeah. so if not overlook and not, if at least not play up because, yeah. you know, they're both entering their hoe phase. They're both hoeing out. And so <laughs> it's important to stay protected, you know? Right, right. You know, wrap it up. All right. So, yes. <laughs> Okay, excellent. All right, well, we're off to a great start. We're talking safe sex. We're talking black and safe. We're talking insecure. But the real, the real uh, show tonight are foreign films, your top five foreign films. And you all know the rules, but for those who are new to the podcast, let me break it down for you. So basically, you name a foreign film, we alternate picks. Once someone picks that film, that film is out of play. And since you are my guest and the lady... I shall let you go first. Kiana okay. Patton, KP, what's your first foreign film? All right. So so first, I thought we were doing three instead. <laughs> well, let's, let's see how far we get. I, I believe in you. I got faith in you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you do. Thank you. 
Um, so the first one is The Hunt. So this is a movie, and I, I feel horrible. I don't know how to pronounce this man's last name, but Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen, yes. Mikkelsen. A Danish actor, Danish star. Yeah. He was uh, most notably... We uh, we saw him in uh, I think it was it Skyfall no, not Skyfall the very first the, the first Daniel Craig James Bond movie he was like the main yeah one. great actor this drama will there leave you just heartbroken it's about uh, this man who is he's a teacher at an elementary school or a, a, a preschool and this little girl who really liked him and he liked her. Uh, accused him of sexually abusing her, and he he did not. And the whole town turned against him violently, and he was just trying to, you know, protect uh, his himself. He's, you know, I believe he was going through a divorce and trying to get custody of his his son, and all of this stuff just so horribly impacted his life. And the little girl, you know, it's. It's it's kind of like those those scenes in movies where you see you know the police officers or the psychologist suggesting things to the child and they just say yes, mm. and you know the man did nothing inappropriate with this little girl. In fact, she tried to kiss him and got upset when he said no, <laughs> and she was only four or five years old, something really young, and it just destroyed his whole life. Oh, and wow. it was it was a great movie, but it absolutely makes you cautious about how you deal with other people's children. Yeah, do not get caught up. Mads Mikkelsen, right. yeah, so was, was this subtitled? Yes. Excellent. Well done. <laughs> Truly a foreign film. It All right, great. so that's off the board. I didn't, wouldn't have picked it anyways. Excellent. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you're always good at finding like those those hidden gems in 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 these discussions we have. So well done. <laughs> I'm gonna be totally obvious. I'm going with the girl with the dragon tattoo. Got to get that off the board. Yeah. Not the remake either, like the original one. Um, and actually, and I'm I'm gonna go with the first one because they had three. The the original, like I think, uh, Swedish films. I'm going with. With uh, with the original, with the first one, because I did see all three in a fairly short period of time. They all kind of blended together for me, so I was going to go with the original because it was like that. And yeah, and it's it's really good. It's dark. It's psychological. It's sexual. It's crazy. I mean, that whole Lizbeth Salander chick. I mean, she's like damaged, but like a hacker and working with uh with this like I guess he's like a psychiatrist, some sort or whatever. No, journalist. That's right. He's a journalist trying to uh in investigate these murders and stuff. And and they, she goes on the run, and she's just and and I like the way they end that first movie where she's like like uh in the south of France or somewhere, and she's just you know kind of like eyeing like the next target. Where it's just really cool. I really enjoyed it. Uh, all three of them actually. And I mean, and I I actually. I think the second one might have been even better than the first. The only one I can kind of remember the most is the first one. So, and that's where you should really start off. If you're going to watch these uh, in the original. I guess I think it's Swedish, right? Yeah, I think it's Swedish. Um, definitely check it out. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. They tried to to revamp. They tried to redo the or reboot it for American audiences with Rooney Mara with and David Fincher. You know, he does dark pretty well, but it's kind of flopped. I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't you know the original. You know, yeah, that's the version know. I watched. Yeah. Oh, oh, good. So you saw it. And good. I took it off the board. All right, great. So that's, <laughs> that's my first one. What's your second one? Um, my second one is um, The Great Beauty. 
So wow. okay, you, you are. I've, I've not heard of this one. Do tell. This this is in honor of our recent trip to Rome. Oh, okay. <laughs> but this is about um, this older man. He's a socialite, uh, a Ooh, writer who had suit. one hit book and never really wrote much again, other than you know articles here and there. Very intellectual type guy. Uh, he's in Rome he's and he's look at him. He's in Rome. He's trying to relive his youth. 65 years old, uses Botox, loves to argue with people. <laughs> he is he, look at him. He is living his best life. Look yes, at this dude. He look is partying him. with people half his age at all these lavish affairs. Hashtag Very goals. beautiful scenery. Lots of shots of, of modern day Rome. Um, but it's really just this, you know, about this man who has Oh. Lived this unfulfilled life, and he's trying to find himself in his later stages of life. Hashtag, it's never too late. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and you know how I love the older people. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, I take it back. This does play exactly into your personality. Absolutely. <laughs> now, this is, this is really kind of interesting because, first of all, I mean, you know the what the hell are these yes, there, there was a lot of male nudity so you know you don't you, like you know what it, you know it's, <laughs> it's 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 european you know it's european <laughs> uh, ciao bella yeah so no this is very cool i mean i'm i'm curious i'm you know see see i'm very intrigued uh <laughs> i mean he's dressing movie. he's dressing really well paolo sorrentino he's he started getting a reputation stateside as being like a really visionary director. He's the guy, Paolo Sorrentino is the guy, I believe, behind the young Pope. Young Pope! <laughs> young Pope? I tried to watch that. I couldn't get through it. <gasps> Kiana, KP. Yeah. Okay, all right. We'll have, to, we'll have to talk after the show or something about that. The young Pope is, is, is pretty lit. Yeah, look at, you know, yeah, you know, I, I, I like this. I like this dude. This, this looks, this looks kind of interesting. I might have to check it out. I might have to be, I might have to add that to my Netflix queue. Well done. You know, you're, you're educating the people today. Yeah, most, try, most notably me. You're educating the people today. Um, yeah, okay, so another obvious one I'm going to take off the board for my second pick is Amelie. Because everyone loves Amelie. I've not seen that. Real, oh, I mean, first of all, I mean, look at that face. That face tells it all. She will, she'll change your life. She's, I mean, she's, she's kind of like impish. And well, first of all, this is the movie that made Audrey Tatao. Tattoo, Tatao, a star. Um, she, I think she was nominated for an Oscar for this. The, the movie overall was nominated for an Oscar. She was kind of a thing for about maybe three or four years in the States. And then she's kind of went back into French obscurity. But she's just such, and I mean, her face is just so expressive and delightful. And she's just got this like this, you know, really free spirit. It really, you know, is like really kind of believes in love. I mean, look at those eyes. And I mean, people are compared to like a young Hepburn. I don't know about that. I was around for Hepburn, but she really does have like this kind of, you know, open impish quality that really just, you know, infected the film. It was great. Young French woman you know looking for love and all good stuff and just and then that that's like her her muse her guy and it's just i mean it's just so it's adorable it's darling amelie french yeah 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 good stuff we'll have to add that to the list yeah okay so so far we are four for four but no one's seen anyone's other movies so so but you know keep it up i'm i'm learning a lot you know uh, what right. else you got what's your third one so my third one, I really love this movie too. It's called The Lunchbox. Huh. So this is um, a romantic film, film set in India. 
and it's in Mumbai. Irfan Khan, I like him. Yeah, it's it's such a great movie. So he is this um, widower. So let me just back up. So they have this very um, complex and um, efficient system of delivering lunches from wives to their husbands at work. So they've got these uh, guys who go to the house and to the homes and pick up the lunches. They may have bicycles, taking all kinds of public transportation to get these lunches to the husband. So uh, this young woman uh, prepares a lunch for her husband and it accidentally gets uh, delivered to this this widower. Oh, and I saw a trailer. I saw this trailer somewhere. Okay, It's good. It's really good. She realizes the mistake and um, starts and, and writes a note to him and he responds and they start this kind of uh, love affair <laughs> through notes. And um, she finds out that her husband has been cheating on her and decides to leave the husband. She's developed this relationship with, you know, this widower. And so she tells him that she is leaving town and, you know, he is ready to meet her and he leaves work one day on a search to find her. But we never know if they connect and have their lunchbox love because it's an open story. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Very nice open story. (laughs) Okay. And watch your mic. I think you're getting a little, um, uh, a little uh, cross something. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm very messing with this. Yeah. Uh, okay. No. Yeah. I remember seeing like this trailer, and I thought it was it was kind of cute and darling, but I didn't know if I'd probably see it, especially not in the movie theater. I mean, I can't see everything in the theater. But yeah, this, that sounds yeah. good. I, I like Irfan Khan. He plays. He's he's such an interesting actor. Like he has like a very brief moment in Jurassic World, or whatever. Uh, or he has a. I wouldn't say it's a cameo, but he has a character in Jurassic World that gets got pretty funny because he's just like this kind of arrogant, you know, billionaire, or whatever. And he gets got in a pretty funny manner, and I, you know, I just always liked him. He always he's one of those actors that's. that's uh, below the radar over here stateside but in india he's like a star so that's, that's yeah really cool to see him in in some stuff that even you like um all right so i'm tapped out now <laughs> <laughs> oh oh trust me you contain multitudes just start googling because what i'm going to bring up is i mean i'm just going for the most obvious ones that keep, i'm I'm so afraid you're going to take them i mean this is a little bit of an older one not really older for us but i mean older for maybe say a millennial but crouching tiger hidden dragon I mean, that one, I mean, it did kind of kick off like a whole like trend of, uh, well, I mean, you know, in Hollywood, they can't have an original idea without trying to copy that. You know, year 2000, God, wow, that long ago, I'm old. Uh, but it was really kind of cool because it was, it was, you know, one of those movies that, that uh, introduced us to Zi Zhang, Zhang Zi, depending on how you, how you uh, arrange it. I mean, gorgeous. I just remember just being over the moon with her. I might have to dig up an old review to send me. I'd probably gush like about maybe, you know, 200 words about how fine she is. And, and she's, <laughs> no, I mean, she's gorgeous. Yeah, a lot of time to that. <laughs> Yo, and she can move and she's athletic and she's going up against Michelle Yell, who, I mean, kind of like, black, you know, not only black don't crack and Asians don't either. I mean, she's timeless. Michelle Yao can still get it. I mean, look at it. She's athletic. And I mean, this is 17 years ago, but she used to be Michelle Yao. Now she looks the same. She's ageless. And, oh, look, look at it, flexible. <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of action. You know what? Had, <laughs> what? No, I'm just saying. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't even mean it like you that. You just see, finished gushing. And it, see, you're wrong for that. You're wrong for that. <laughs> 
I didn't say you did. <laughs> Anyways, it's a really cool movie. A lot of great stunts. Uh, that whole thing with like them on the bamboo, like they're like fighting on top of these like 50 feet high bamboo things and jumping from bamboo to bamboo uh, thing. And it was just, it was just really, really, I mean, a lot of wire work. And, and I think the direct, the director was like a big deal too. Oh God, what was his name? Um, see, look at that. See, look at, they're all up in the air, high among the trees and stuff, doing all sorts of crazy stuff, <clears throat> you know, totally Chinese productions, super subtitled swords were involved you know you know it's like set in feudal china i believe and just like a lot of really good at yeah chow yun fat the the homie he was the homie in, in the 2000s so yeah i mean a lot of really cool um actually yeah who is it what's his name ang lee that's what it was. this is this is kind of like the movie that really put ang lee on the map for american audiences and he really started working a lot after that uh, at least at least on stateside so crouching tiger hidden dragon oldie but goodie uh, and yeah, it, it was it was it was a bit of a thing back in the early aughts. Okay, I think I may have found my last two. Ah, there you go. But I can't tell you a whole lot about them because I don't remember all the details. <laughs> well, you know, you do it, do what you can, do what you can. <laughs> but City of God. <gasps> How did I miss that? Oh, oh, that is excellent. Oh, I love that movie. Takes you oh. to the favelas of Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> yes. favela life. Super Brazilian. Yes. Super Portuguese. Yes. Yes. Oh 1970s. Drugs. Violence. And, you know, it, I enjoyed the movie, although I don't remember so all the details. <laughs> I remember. Now, look at this. this is Alice Brock. This is the Queen of the South. On USA, this is early. This is young Alice Braga. This is the movie that gave us Alice Braga because she's like originally like Brazilian or something, right? Oh, yeah, she's always playing I, like I don't even watch that show. I haven't watched Queen it of yet. the South. Yo, yeah, that's your next obsession. That is your next obsession. It is so yeah, I, I move past it all the time. And I just haven't stopped to watch it. It's really good. Got reviewed for a third season, so it's gonna be right. Oh, you, okay. you can invest in it. You can invest in it. <laughs> yeah, I need to get on top of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. City. Yeah. City of God was 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 great. Oh man. I'm. Um. Yeah. Well. Well done. Um. All right. So. Yeah. And then you know, Alice Braga. I wonder what happened to the dude. For, Fernando Mireles. Like he. He also became a big deal stateside because of this movie. He went on to direct that movie with Clive Owen and um, Julianne Moore called. Um, uh, children of Men, you know the the sci-fi-ish one where like you know there's like no more children in the future. Or something oh like that. yes, yeah. Yeah. So he's yeah he's he's that's good stuff. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's Fernando Moraes. Yeah. City of God. Oh man, I used to own that like on DVD. Oh or something. really? Yeah. <laughs> City of God was that was that flick because because you grow up with them, you like get to know them, you know, you kind of yeah. It's, oh man. Okay, that's really good. Little D, little D say, little 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 D say, yeah, that was that was really good. Okay, as you can tell, I'm buying a little bit of time, but I'm trying to decide between which which one I like the best, and I'm going to go with. Hmm, uh, let's go with. Uh, that's good. That's even good too. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with. Um, I guess this qualifies. Chocola. Remember Chocola? Oh, yes, with, um, with Johnny Depp? Yeah, Johnny Depp, Juliet, Juliette Binoche. And kind of like you, I don't remember a lot of it. I remember it being super charming, super French. Uh, Juliette Binoche, uh, I mean, she was already kind of a deal here, but this kind of really, this was kind of a, a starring vehicle for her. I mean, you know, small 
chocolatier in a small town in France, you know, Johnny Depp doing his Johnny Depp thing. And uh, Alfred Molina, you know, he has a pretty good role in this too. Oh, Carrie Ann Moss, was she in this movie? Okay. Actually, these, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to see Red Carpet. I want to see actual still. There we go. Yeah, and she's also another another case where she's kind of like super charming and into a lot of into everyone's business and stuff. And just you know, it's just a really charming French film. And falling for Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp with long hair, got a little artistic ponytail and stuff. And yeah, I just remember <laughs> being really, really charming. Sinfully delicious. <laughs> yes, yeah, sinfully delicious. I can't even remember the the name of my last one. Shoot, I've been trying to, I've been racking my brain. And oh yes, wait, is that it? Oh, that is it, I think. All right, what do you got? The Commitments. So oh, okay. In honor of our trip to Ireland. <laughs> so <laughs> this is about um, a group of, were they teenagers? Yeah, I think uh, so. Or like a boy band or something, yeah. Yeah, so they're um, trying to create, trying to bring soul music to Dublin. And so they created this this band wow, and, you know, playing all this music and then you know there's romance involved so that was that's my last one <laughs> okay no it's a, yeah i mean i oh, i want to say i did see this like eons i mean it came out in 91 i think i either saw this but i definitely heard of it so this is yeah that's that's going in the vault well done i'm also going to go back i mean i guess i've been kind of stuck i don't know if it was a golden age of foreign movies for me but you know the early 2000s, early aughts seemed to really have done me right on foreign movies. Maybe I was seeing more foreign movies back when I was younger and more open-minded. I don't know. But I really do. I really did like E2 Mama Tambien. Yes. This is the one uh, that kind of gave you know American audiences Alfonso Cuaron the guy who did Gravity and all these other great Anglo movies. Uh, he uh, actually, no, actually, he did a movie before this, which is really good, which is super dark. Also starred um, your boy, Gael Garcia Bernal. He, um, he, he, well, Diego Luna, young Diego Luna. Oh my gosh. It was basically a trip of sexual self-discovery. These two, these two guys, two Mexican kids um, from Mexico City, they go into like the countryside and then it was like, you know, this hot chick, they're both kind of like mutually dueling over her and also trying to figure out their own uh, sexuality and stuff. And, and it's kind of, it's like a road trip through the Mexican countryside, super artistic, you know, all in Spanish. She, I mean, she's hot, but she's also kind of like artistic and kind of flighty and different. And, and, and it's always this weird dynamic. Anytime you have like, I mean, it wasn't designed as a love triangle, but it kind of becomes love triangle because you've got two guys and one girl. And the girl is extremely hot. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna fight over her or figure or try to figure some stuff out. They I wouldn't say they take turns with her per se, but oh, they kind of trying to basically trying to figure out like how how they fit not only as friends, but also with her and as young men and all sorts of stuff. And and this whole thing with like Salma Hayek and and uh, this pool thing, it's just really funny. And and yeah, and this is what this is the movie that gave us Diego Luna, who I mean, he's not like a huge American star person. Say, but he's a known name. He was in Rogue One, you know. So he's, you know, this is the movie that really. And yeah, there's like nudity and sex and stuff. And it's really, it's very, very indie, foreign, and artistic. And I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. E2 Mama Tambien, Salma, Salma. <laughs> this whole thing about Salma Hayek, you know, which is pretty funny. I've not <laughs> seen it. <laughs> it it's, it's worth your while. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. All right. So and yeah. Yes. Okay. So 
So way to power through those foreign movies with us. Now we're at the crux of our show, you know, and where I describe the game and we bring out the shot list. So what is Cinema Draft? It is the fancy sports version of the movies. Instead of drafting athletes from teams, you're drafting actors from movies. How their movies perform at the North American box office will earn you points for your call sheet of actors while competing against others for fun and prizes. You have to draft 10 actors, no more, no less, who are assigned a dollar value salary. You have a 100K budget to try to draft all 10 actors. You have to draft at least one actor from each of the three release types. Wide release, movies on 2,000 screens or more. Limited release, movies on 501 to 1999 screens. Or platform release, 500 screens and below. Headliners are two per film. These are the stars of their films, and their points are worth 40% more. So, for example, Suicide Squad earns $100 million in a weekend. Margot Robbie would get 100 points at one point per million per uh, actor in wide release, while Will Smith would get 140 points. Math. All right. It's free to play with over $200 in prizes this week, plus a $25 bonus to the highest scoring call sheet that is not mine. But guess what? Mine was the highest scoring call sheet last week, so that bonus rolls over into this week. So it's a $50 bonus for the highest scoring call sheet that is not mine. If I win again this week, then it rolls over the next week, and $75, and so on and so forth. I think the, high, I think the highest bonus we've had was $75, so I don't know. See if I can break my own record. Let's see if I can win the next two weeks in a row and deny them the cash. Uh, our beta test is open and live, and we're going to get into the shot list. And let me ask you, Kiana, let me ask you, so... You were off gallivanting around Europe last week. You're now back and rested. You know, so are there any movies that that are kind of spring to mind as we embark upon this weekend? Uh, the only one is uh, what is it called? Hitman's Bodyguard. Yes, um, Samuel L. That is, I I definitely I love Samuel Jackson, and so uh, and what's what's the other right? It's Ryan. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Yes. Yeah. Wait, the other he's, Canadian, the other uh, Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I can't wait until that comes out. <laughs> Deadpool too, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that was, oh gosh, I'm all sidetracked, but I didn't know that I was going to like that movie so much. Yeah, we'll have to bring you back when uh, uh, when the next big comic book movie comes out because I had no idea you're such a uh, a Marvel or like a comic book you know uh, fan movie movie fan. We'll have to have you back for a, a very special episode of the Cinema Draft Podcast. <laughs> yes. So yes, yeah, so that's a good that's a good place to start. Ryan Reynolds, Hitman's Bodyguard. He's top of my my uh, uh, A list. And A list are definitely are these actors you're going to definitely want to look out for on your call sheet. And at fifteen thousand five hundred. You know, affordable. It's probably going to be a down weekend, though. This is a very, this is a very strange week, only because it's the dead of August. This is traditionally like after, say, first weekend, second weekend tops in August. It's a dumping ground for studios. So you're basically seeing the worst of the worst. It gets pretty bad out there. So, so you're going to want to get, uh, you're going to want to get uh, someone from the hit, the Hitman's Bodyguard, uh, probably a headliner. You may not even want to OD on it because it could be a weekend where the, the returns are pretty flat. Like the hit, like Hitman's Bodyguard. I actually looked up on HSX. That's the HollywoodStockExchange.com, and you know they're only predicting it's going to do about uh, maybe 17 million, 18 million. Okay, so it ticked up a little bit. Eight, their, their, estimate, their opening estimate is about $18.74 million this weekend. Um, uh, it, it, I don't hear a lot of buzz for it. I mean, I see the ads. There's not a lot of competition as far as new releases this weekend. But, you know, 
he could do worse. It's, it's most likely it's going to be the top movie this weekend, but it really could only pull in like, you know, 13, 14 million. I wouldn't be surprised. So, mm-hmm. so beware of that. Also, and because it is such a flat weekend, you might want to find some value in some other release types like platform. This movie right here, this movie right here, this movie right here, Wind River. Man, right, so check out these per screen averages. Wind, Wind River has been doing the damn thing. So, on a per screen average, 13,000 on 45 screens last weekend. We're guesstimating it might expand out to another 70 screens. And even if it dips down to another, I don't know, even if it dips down to another 5,000 to like say 8,000 per screen, it's going to be on 70 screens. That's almost 600,000, 560,000. And that's a nice, cheap source of points. So I recommend Elizabeth Olsen. The cheaper the two headliners at 6000 for Wind River. Platform release actually is going to have a lot of competition this week, but I think this could get you the most bang for your buck. We are all about value here, Kiana, in the Cinematograph game. Getting mo- the most bang for your buck. Co-starring, these are some values you will want to look out for this weekend. Uh, Wolf Warrior. So we have expanded the talent pool this week, Kiana. We are now up to 30 films. 30 films. Great for you, sucks for me. Means more, <laughs> means more salary need to input, but also offers more potential for variation and avoiding uh, call sheet duplication, which can be an issue among the top players. So we're bringing back Wolf Warrior. We had it two weeks ago, uh, and it did, it did okay. It did, did, did fine. I was a little nervous, though, especially with these, these foreign films, these three Fs, these foreign-focused films. Sometimes they're here one week, gone the next. As evidenced by what happened last weekend, with uh, freaking, um, what is that? The, the Indian movie. The, the, the latest Indian movie, which kind of did not show up in time for, for hand scoring. So everyone got stuck with minimal points. But Wolf Warrior is already like the all-time gross, highest grossing movie in Chinese box office history. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. If, you look, if, you, if you do a quick deep dive into uh, Wolf Warrior, and look at it, a nice, healthy 8,000 per screen average on 52 screen. That's bananas. So it, it might expand. It might not. But even still, even if it just does what it did last weekend on a few more screens, you're looking at a good four or five points for fairly cheap. And if you look at it, it's, uh, look at this, this 679 million in China. Wow. That's good for any movie from anywhere. Wow. I mean, Wonder Woman's done all that <laughs> worldwide. Isn't that crazy? So wow. And how much did they spend on this movie? Oh, God, that's, that's an excellent question. You know, I mean, it's a Chinese production through and through. We don't have uh, production budget information, but mm. I'm pretty confident they've made their money back. <laughs> wow. In in yen or in dollars, they've made their money back. Yeah, wow. so Wolf Warrior 2, that, you might want to check that out on the, on the, on the lower end of the spectrum uh, of salaries, 5,600 Frank Grillo, Grillo, whatever. Um, and yes, and you know, we know you've been burned by a foreign focus film before. It's okay. You can learn to trust again. You can love again. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Come on back to a foreign focus film. And then also Girls Trip, Old Reliable. Girls Trip is still packing them in. What did it do this past weekend? 2,800 per screen average. That is excellent. And, and they've been, I mean, Things almost—it's going to make 100 million this week. It's going to cross if it hasn't already by the time this weekend uh, gets here. It will cross 100 million, far outpacing, you know, Rough Night, which I saw, which wasn't that bad, but it's not Girl Strip, and it's excellent. It's probably uh, and I—it's probably going to slink into limited release right now. Uh, it's at 2,300 screens, but I'm guesstimating it's going to go down to 
seven, nine, just under, just a shade under 2,000 screens. If it does that, then this is the only limited movie you want. Definitely stock up on that. This, this, this could be a week where I could see people doing some abnormal stuff like, like, you know, getting, you know, more limited release movies and wide release or stocking up on a platform release. And, and I, I don't know, this is going to be a very interesting week as far as call sheet construction goes. But yes, I, I do anticipate this will be about 1900, 1975 on screens. It'll be just under the radar for, <clears throat> for a limited release. And yeah, at, if it drops down to 2200 per screen, if it's on, you know, 1975 screens, you're looking at, you know, almost four and a half million, which is good for damn near 12 points. So grab them points, grab them points. Yes. Uh, Regina Hall, 10,200, the cheaper two headliners. I'd probably headliner stack this. If not, do your best to do a max stack if you can, because it's going to be hard to get points. We're in the dog days of August. You're going to start seeing winning scores in the mid to low hundreds. It is going to be off next week. Kiana, I, I fear for the state of the industry is going to be awful. There's no big, you know, tentpole wide release coming out next week, next weekend. And any, anytime you get close, the closer you get to Labor Day, the worse the movies get. I remember going to see uh, a Zac Efron movie Labor Day weekend uh, three years ago, and it was like the lowest grossing wide release in history. Wow. <laughs> and I actually paid to see it. That was me. Just be on see it. Yeah, cutting room floor. Skip these losers. Besides the the second half of August, which we'd like to skip, <laughs> you want to skip the Emoji Movie. Come on, fam. You're better than that. Ain't nobody seen this movie. Look what it did last weekend. This movie was terrible. Uh, last weekend, Emoji Movie did like what? Okay, so six point eh, six point four million, but it's another it's not so about six point five points, but it's too wide for its own good. If it stays wide release, avoid it like the plague. I actually think it's gonna slip into limited release. They might just cut that sucker in half. But right now it's it's in wide release and just don't do that to yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Uh, Detroit and as my notes say here, even liberal guilt has but only so much box office. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's had its little run. People, you know, yeah, I'm on record how I felt about Detroit. It felt like racism, torture porn. I'm good. I think people are feeling that too. Look at it. Only less than a thousand per screen on its third weekend out. It's not even going to make its own budget back. Thirty-four million. If uh, I'm not sure if you listened to the podcast where I went over studio economics, but basically, uh, Keanu, if you have like if you have a, a movie production budget and you multiply it by two point seven eight times. That's how much a movie is going to need to gross in order to recoup its production costs, its prints and advertising, and all the other ancillary back-end participation, all the ancillary stuff that goes into uh, producing a movie. So on a movie like Detroit, budget at $34 million, you would need $94 million worldwide for it to recoup its, its uh, costs. It ain't going to make that. Not even on DVD, not now, not ever. So bye-bye. Bye-bye, Detroit. Bye-bye. Yes. So that, that is the shot list. There we go. Uh, and do you have any uh, early thoughts on how you might construct your call sheet? Are you just going to wait till Thursday after theater lock and just have at it? Uh, yeah, that's, that's been my, uh, <laughs> my MO <laughs> is to wait. <laughs> have you been stalking the group chat? Like we haven't really ramped up for this week yet, but we tend to kind of kick it up on Wednesdays once the projections come out from Box Office Pro. I haven't been because ever since I, I changed my phone a couple weeks ago uh, before we left for the trip, um, 
I haven't set it up to get the, the alerts again because I had it set up to get alerts. So I need to fix that. Yeah, it's going down. Hey, we're even doing a fantasy football league, a cinema draft fantasy football league. I'm not sure if that's your speed, but if you're a fantasy no. football player, join Okay, she shut that down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I would like to say that my team is called, of course, Cultural Cul-de-Sac. Oh, you know, that's, you know, <laughs> I love it. Cultural cul-de-sac, damn straight. I need, I need to make some t-shirts. <laughs> I need to get some t-shirts made for that. Anyways, yes. So this week's uh, over-under poll is going to be the Hitman's Bodyguard. Over-under, we're pegging it at 15 million. You saw the HSX. They think it's going to be 18 million. I think this sucker's going to do like 12 or 13. Ain't nobody checking for this movie. What do you think, Kiana? Over-under 15 million for the Hitman's Bodyguard this weekend. I'm going to go with you and go under for this one. Yes, and we love you, Sam. You're, you're a fellow Morehouse alum. You're wildly entertaining. Get these motherfucking <laughs> snakes on the motherfucking plane. I love it, but I just, I, I'm, I'm not feeling the heat. I'm not feeling the buzz. As the WBW would say, I'm not feeling it in the cultural zeitgeist. So, <laughs> and results from our last poll uh, was Annabelle. The over-under for that was 25 million. 54% picked the over including myself, and we were right. That sucker blew past our projections by $10 million. It made $35 million last weekend and definitely was a key component to my call she the week. Yay. All right. <laughs> so, well, I mean, that's pretty much about it. I mean, we are going to bring this sucker in for a landing. Where can you find Cinema Draft? You go to cinemadraft.co, that is cinemadraft.co, sign up for the free beta uh, on either your desktop or mobile device. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Medium, Instagram, all that good stuff at either cinemadraft or at play cinemadraft. Our corporate blog's at medium.com slash at cinemadraft. Hell, we even have a Pinterest page, a very overlooked but still functioning Pinterest page. So check us out. We have over $200 in prizes this week. The game does start Thursday nights, 10 p.m. Pacific time. Theater lock. This is when we lock in the release types in the theater counts for our game for the weekend. So even if we get additional information after theater lock, it doesn't count. We're locked in with what we got. That occurs at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday. So always make sure to please double check your call sheets if you submit them early after theater lock to make sure you still have a valid call sheets. The game uh, tends to run uh, until Monday night, usually after about 5.30, 6 p.m., depending on how long it takes me to hand score. We're still working through that, str struggling, pardon our, pardon our mess. And, uh, and Kiana, what is, you know, plug your ish. What good stuff do you have for us this week? All right. So, uh, Callie, now, and just to remind the audience, it's an international travel and youth development program for kids who are 11 to 14. Um, and we teach them to be their best selves. Yeah, uh, so on August 26th, we're having our end of program celebration and um and fundraiser and this year in honor of our study and trip to italy the theme is la familia ah. and so it is a passport event so when you walk in the door you get a little uh folded up passport and you uh go through our different passport stations and get your stamps so through the stations you uh, see videos of what we've done uh, during the summer sessions videos and pictures from the trip we have a fundraising station. We have a station where you can take a selfie, another one where you can um, 
uh, post, like, share, do something social media related uh, for us. So we're raising money to send a group of 10 kids next year to possibly Singapore. Uh, Ooh, we're looking at, nice. uh, at the countries for next year. And Singapore is high on our list right now. But um, people can buy tickets on our website, which is calinow.org. And I have a flyer. There Let's we see. go. Can you see the flyer? Yes. Is it backwards? Or no, it's not just... forward. No, it's okay. just good. <laughs> <laughs> you see the yeah. little uh, fire truck That's down sweet. there. So we have a um, Captain Davis from Fire Station 91. He teaches our kids CPR every year. So he's going to bring out the fire truck. So the you know, kids and kids at heart <laughs> can get on the fire truck, take pictures, ask questions. We're also going to have someone there from New York Life who's going to do child ID. So they'll do take pictures, do fingerprints um, so that if, you know, God forbid anything ever happened to uh, someone's child, that they have some type of ID to be able to, to track them down. But it's a very fun event. No matter where we go, we always have tacos from Victor's Tacos because we love these people. They are just the sweetest people ever. So yeah, we've gone to, <laughs> yes, they are. Oh, and our sponsor, um, Harmless Harvest, the best coconut water you could ever have in life. If you love fresh coconut water, it tastes like you're drinking it from a, a coconut. <laughs> so <laughs> go get some Harmless Harvest. Stay but, healthy, um, my friends. Yes. yes, stay healthy. So we're we're looking forward to having to bring back all the families who've been involved in our program before. We have our first kid who's uh, graduating from high school. You know, it takes a long time for our kids to get there <laughs> so, <laughs> since they start out there 11 to 14. So we have to wait a few years for this to happen. So it's going to be a, a really exciting event and a great opportunity for people who are passionate about youth development and international travel to invest in these kids for next year. You hear the passion in her voice. You hear how excited she is from the LA area, August 26th, which sadly I will not be, but I'll be there with you in spirit. Check <laughs> them out, the, the La Familia fundraiser event for Cali Now uh, over there. Where's it gonna be in LA? What part? Uh, it's, it's in the city of Los Angeles. It's at a place called uh, Magnolia Place, uh, which is, um, it is a, a beautiful building that houses um, other nonprofits, so the Children's Bureau is there. They have a preschool. They have it's very kid friendly. So um, wonderful place there. All right, well, excellent. Well, y'all know what to do. <clears throat> Definitely support Cali now if you can. Give with both hands, and we appreciate you again. Thanks for for coming on the show, Kiana Patton. KP. Thank you for having me. We'll have to do it again. Our our, our font of, of diverse and little known, you know, movie wisdom. I like it. You always come with some interesting movies. I gotta check out. It's good stuff. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Subscribe, like on you know, YouTube, uh, you know, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you get your fine podcast. Comment, rate, all sorts of stuff, so more people can find this show and we can keep it going. And you know what to do, everybody. Between now and the next time, y'all hear from me. Why don't you go see a movie or something?